Hi, I'm Jill Sylvester, licensed mental health counselor and author of the self-help book, Trust Your Intuition, 100 Ways to Transform Anxiety and Depression for Stronger Mental Health, and the young adult self-help fiction novels, The Land of Blue and Devon Dream Agent Book One in the Devon series. Welcome to my first podcast, coming to you from my kitchen during the quarantine. The name of the podcast comes from the name of my self-help book, because for me, it all comes down to listening to and trusting your own inner voice, the one of your best self, the highest self, in order to live your best life, and also to trust that voice and to develop it in order to help and serve others. If you find it hard sometimes to discern between the voice of your gremlins and the voice of your highest, wisest self, which is the foundational teaching of my young adult novel, The Land of Blue, stay tuned because we'll be talking about how to decipher between those voices and how to deal with those gremlin beasts in a future podcast. Today, though, we're talking about how to rise above anxiety, especially during this challenging time, and learn to value anxiety's teachings while we're in the middle of this core class curriculum. We need to think about how we want to emerge from this universal class in history how we're going to go from anxious student at the onset, which is right now, to one who learns valuable lessons as we take this apparently required course and emerge wiser, smarter, stronger. That's the vibe I wanna be on anyway. And if you're listening, I'm encouraging you to do the same. When we focus on what we want, we get more of it. When we focus on what we don't, nerves, panic, anxiety, we get more of that too. I'm going to use the second strategy from Trust Your Intuition on page 18 about how when you feel panicked, you need to hold on, literally and metaphorically. First, let's talk about how to hold on literally. This is when we need to grab on to something to hold steady, a pen, a desk, a chair, a person. It's when the wave hits, you know the one, that big, huge, scary wave that threatens to take us out when we feel panicked or uncertain or nervous. Especially with regard to the news reports on a daily basis at the moment, Author Harriet Lerner's words ring particularly true right now. If you are alive, you have an anxiety disorder. Holding on to something helps us to anchor until the feeling subsides, and it will. The physical act of holding on to something helps you to tether through the earthquake shaky feelings, anchoring your experience, helping you to pull you down on the emotional panic thermometer from a 10 to say a five, and we'll take a five when we're feeling like that, right? It's all about having the feelings become more manageable. Being able to hold it in your hands is what I talk to my clients about because then we can mold it, we can shape it, and we can move it in the direction that we want it to go. And only then, when you can get those tough feelings under control and feel a little more solid in your feet, can you then decide to take your next best step. And the next best step at the moment might be knowing when enough is enough like enough news, enough reading the most recent updates of the news, and talking about it obsessively with your people, knowing it's keeping you in a vibration of fear. Now talk about it, sure, it's what's going on. Be smart, know what's happening. But when it goes on too long, know you're consciously feeding the beast. You're consciously creating more of those anxious tendencies within yourself, causing you to need something to hold on to physically in order to get you through. So holding on to something is a tool. This works for my clients and it's worked for me too. Feel free to use it whenever you need to, whatever you need to whenever you, <laughs> and here I am reading from my sheet and this is probably my cue to just, to just chat. So I'm just going to chat. 
feel free to use this tool whenever you need it, whenever you need to drop an anchor when you feel overwhelmed. But today I want to also talk about the metaphor of holding on, of pausing to consider the message behind this upheaval, behind the anxious feelings in having life as we know it be changed in the short term. Because anxiety, in my personal and professional opinion, as a counselor who's worked in thousands of client sessions over a decade, and in my own personal growth and development, have come to believe that anxiety isn't meant to torture us at all. It feels like it is. It's awful when we're experiencing it. But I believe its underlying intention is to help us, to catapult us to greater heights than we can imagine for ourselves in this moment. But we have to learn how to befriend it, to ally with it, to trust that anxiety knows what it's doing to help us grow and to teach us to decipher its messages when we're in its class, when we're in the midst of its grip. So how do we get through this whole challenge more quickly? How do we take this class with grace and personal power and shine our light in order to affect others in the process? Here's one way to do it. Gratitude. Find the good. Start the day with what's good first thing in the morning. List them in your mind, in a journal, or out loud when you're first getting out of bed. Do this first thing because the gremlins start right away, right? When we, when we get up in the morning, a lot of times they just, they just immediately go to everything that's horrible going on in the world. So the very first thing you want to do is think of gratitude before they have a chance to chatter on. Because if you feed them even one more crumb than necessary, they will feed on you. So start by saying thank you that you're alive for your neighbor friends who are on the front lines working to help everyone else, for your family, for your friends, for your community, for the world, for, for so many things that are going right. Focus on the positive. Focus on what's going well, like connection with people right now. It's, it's amazing how people are coming together through technology and other means. It's, it's, it's really a, an amazing time right now of how people are really going out of their way to connect with, with each other, people they haven't talked to in a long time. So focus on that because it's a really beautiful thing that's happening at the moment. One of my little clients yesterday said during our call that he was looking forward to a Zoom lunch with his friends that he usually sits with, you know, at school, which I thought was awesome. Even in the darkness, even in the midst of challenging times, we can find the good. <clears throat> Here's the thing, though. Gratitude isn't just in the morning. Do this a few times during the day, in the morning, in the middle of the day, and again at night before bed. When you stop to insert gratitude during the day, you're going to find more things to be grateful for. That's how it works. You're creating a habit and one that will not only serve you during this situation, but long after this is over, because it will be over. Remember, this too shall pass. So maybe you set your alarm during the afternoon to remember to stop and take inventory, to stop and focus on the fact that your kids are laughing together, that they're home together, that you're talking to a person at work that you haven't connected with in months or ever. Um, being grateful for, you know, still doing work that you love to do and being able to do that for, from home if that's your situation. Whatever it is, focus on it. Hyper-focus on it. And shut off the news when you are done getting what you need. Do things in doses and listen to your body tell you when enough is enough. So this isn't about being in a fantasy land and pretending things aren't happening. But it is about at this point, a couple weeks into this whole thing, to start to take back the control that you can. We can do this by being grateful, by focusing on gratitude. By all means, vent, complain, share your feelings. You need to do that to stay healthy. Sharing feelings, in my opinion, as a therapist, is one of the healthiest, if not the healthiest thing that you can do for your immune system. 
in addition to exercise, sleep, taking supplements, connecting and eating the right foods. Sharing your feelings and emotions is essential to good health on all levels, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. But when you're done, and we all know when we're really done, like our throat might get dry when we're talking or someone rolls their eyes because they're sick of listening to us, or you start to feel worse because you and whoever is listening to you at the moment, you keep talking about the same thing over and over again. And what's meant to make you feel better, the actual act of venting, is now starting to make you feel tired. This is what I mean by listening to the messages of anxiety. They're there to help you. If you start to feel like that in your body, then your body is telling you to do something different, anything different. Just move to a different space or turn off the TV for a while. It'll be there later. Change the subject with your neighbor or friend or coworker and talk about something different, something better, something good. Find the good. So do this during the day, first thing, to train your brain to go in that direction. And at the end of the night, for sure, make those your bookends. But also in the middle of the day, too. Set an alarm to remind yourself, you know, what are the five things that have been good so far? A morning run, a walk with your dog on a sunny day, a nice email received from a client or friend, or a video that your sister-in-law sends you of her newborn and one-year-old because you haven't seen them since the new baby was born at the beginning of the month. That's, those are mine today. And the videos I got were the cutest thing because these little kids know nothing of the situation. They're just living, breathing, playing with toys and sleeping and laughing. And that's the vibe we all deserve to be on. So send some more is what I asked her to do. Keep those videos coming because they're refreshing and cute and sweet and good for the soul. Find those videos of puppies and pets and funny things in your life so that you can take a break from the noise of your gremlins. That's what the gremlins want you to feel. Know that. They want you to be fearful and nervous and anticipatory versus that voice of your highest self that wants you to feel present in your moments, finding what's right instead of what's going wrong. You can't physiologically hold a positive or a negative thought at the same time. You can't. So be smart. Check in with the news if you feel you must, and then go read something of inspiration. Listen to something of inspiration. T.D. Jakes on my run this morning always takes my mood higher and makes you feel that anything is possible. Do something that feels better. Only you know what's going to work for you, so find it and then make it happen. Here's what some other people I know are doing. Families are going out for walks. I saw one this morning. The kids looked like they had just woken up, and the husband was holding a cup of coffee in his hand, and the mom was pushing the carriage, and you could just tell that you know usually that doesn't happen. The dad's probably at work, or the mom's probably at work, and they were together, and they were starting their day off right, and they looked happy. It was, it was really, really nice to watch. Um, kids are up at the parks with their friends, keeping their distance for sure, um, but they're, they're connecting in other ways. I know my daughter is, you know, sits in her car at night, and her best friend sits in her car, and they chat, or they do homework, or you know, they talk about stuff together, and that's been their connection every day, and, and I think that's great. Um, another client of mine showcased her home gym on Instagram. There are couples posting pictures of doing puzzles, of people outside with their pets on walks and getting some fresh air. Um, you know, people just out saying hello in their neighborhood, waving from across the street. People appreciating not having the commute to work and knowing that it will end at some point and just wanting to focus on appreciating the downtime. People reading books they haven't had time for because we're all so dang busy all the time. So yeah, many things are tough and difficult for these folks too, but this is what they're appreciating, and as a result, they're happier. 
They're having fun. One of my clients emailed me this morning and said she was feeling more peaceful than she has in years. This is all in the midst of anxious times. When you subscribe to what you're grateful for and create that habit morning, afternoon, and night to keep your brain going in the direction you want it to go, you're going to walk away with personal strength and personal growth. You get to decide how you want to feel when this is done. One of, my one of my takeaways so far is that I want to focus more on abundance, that items will be there in the grocery store. And so as opposed to two weeks ago, buying you know, six boxes of pasta in case they ran out, I want to go through what we have and honor that choice I made initially. But then I want to go back to buying things week to week and trusting that when we do take out, that we're supporting local business, you know, that we're doing things for the right reasons, that we're fine, that we're focused on abundance and that things will be there when we need it and having enough, you know, focusing on what I want versus what I don't. The other takeaway that, I, that I'm, you know, at this point what I'm focusing on is that I want to work less, meaning I want to work as hard and as focused as I can each day. And then I want to rest more in the afternoon and be present at night with my family. Now, I've had this aspiration for a long time, choosing to live Stephen King style, as he wrote about in On Writing, working in the morning, reading in the afternoon, and then TV with his family at night. That's my idea of a perfect life, and one I subscribe to a lot of the time, but I work a lot too, and when things are busy, I find tasks creep into the evening, and then I find myself getting irritable, and that's what it, I also mean by the message of anxiety. You know, you, you said you didn't want to do something and then you keep doing it and the, the day starts to go by and that's really not living the life that you truly want to live because it's about balance and taking more rest when you need it, taking downtime and being even more present. So I decided a few days ago to really stick to it and it's going well because life is precious and I want to live it the way I want to, which is working because I love my work and doing what I'm doing. But I also love to read and relax and connect with my family and friends too. So working hard to rest hard, that's my new motto. And I'm doing it, which makes me feel like I'm honoring this message for me personally. So what's your message through all of this? And how do you want to feel when this is over? Because when it is over, you're going to arrive on the other side knowing that you made it and that you're stronger and healthier, mentally healthier, spiritually healthier because of this experience. And not only did you survive, but you'll thrive. I would hope you want more for yourself than just surviving this and choosing instead to thrive. Gratitude helps us to do that. I believe part of the message of this whole thing is that we have a choice to move away from victim consciousness and on that frequency to one of personal power and ultimately collective power if enough people choose to gear their energy in a more positive direction. I think this whole thing would move faster personally if we heed the messages of the situation that, that what, what's being brought to our attention. To be present and appreciate our lives and reset ourselves to focus more on what's important so we can emerge more powerful and stronger than ever as a collective consciousness. That's my opinion anyway. Gratitude helps us to feel powerful, even in the face of situations that don't make us feel particularly powerful in such a moment as this. But what we can do, what we do have control over, is to decide that we can either react to this or respond. And that behavior, that decision, is up to each of us. In summary, the benefits of befriending our anxiety is that we grow stronger in our personal development when we come to ally with it as opposed to being afraid. 
joining forces, so to speak, so that we come to trust in the nature of anxiety and in its messages and learning how to rise above it. One way we can do that, as discussed today, is to use the tool of gratitude. Find what's good. Find what's right in your life right now. Create more of that. Appreciate those things even more than you normally would. Don't just rattle off the list of gratitude with no power. Add feeling to it. This is what gives momentum to your own gratitude and what gives you a stronger personal power of vibration. That power affects the people that you connect with on a daily basis, whether in person or through technology at the moment, however you choose to connect, which ultimately creates a stronger vibration for the world. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe to my free weekly blog, although it seems to be happening a bit more right now due to this challenging time. You can subscribe to my blog at www.jillsylvester.com where you can also learn more about my work. Thanks for listening.